Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse and MJ, where each week we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This is our third day of Podmas, where we are releasing an episode every day in the lead up to Christmas. And today we're checking out Netflix's 51st film. It's the 2017 Spanish dark comedy Bomb Scared. It's directed by Boa Gopiga. It stars Javier Camara, Julian Lopez, Miran Imbargren. So before we kick off today, we've got a special guest with us. And what? I know. How crazy is that? Simo, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's um, a pleasure to be here. I'm a big fan and I'm just very, I feel privileged to get the invite and, and score. So I'm hoping I can... Um, do the forum some justice today. Well, we've got a Spanish film, and I feel like out of our friends, you're probably the Spanish uh, linguist. So I'm like, <laughs> a linguist is a bit much, but I noticed um, you threw me in the deep end a little bit. And if not anything, I got to to look at my Spanish with the subtitles on this one. So you fortunately got plenty of podcast experience, and that's what we want on the on the forum. We're, we're past the half century now, so we're not screwing around with who we want to bring in as our guests. So welcome aboard, mate. Thank you very much. And we won't judge you at all how you go. Just have fun. No, I'm ready. Good. Let the judgment So be. how many people do you think have backed up three days in a row? We've got loyal fans out there and they tell us about it, but how many do you reckon are going, I cannot wait till the 3rd of December when the next episode comes out? And particularly for a Spanish language film called Bomb Scared. Hey, our fans don't discriminate. Just like we don't discriminate. Just like Netflix throws us a whole bunch of random films and that's what we love about it. Good. So... We're going to get started. We like to start off with our fast flicks where we go around the table and each of us do a little summary of our thoughts on the film. We'll start with MJ. Oh, man. Uh, like, really... The eyes across the table. <laughs> you know when like someone's looking at you and you don't make eye contact deliberately so they don't choose you? Yeah, you got me there. Cause... I was going to go to Simo. I was like, nah. You're really funny, <laughs> man. Thanks for that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll ease you in, Simo, because mine is real sucky on this one. I struggle with these fast flicks, but... Uh, living life in a safe house, four terrorist types start to live a normal life as they await instructions from the powers that be on what they need to do next. That is vague as shit. But you know what? <laughs> is that kind of what happened? Like, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out what happened. I love it though. Like, I, I, really kinda, I kind of think that's what happened though. If you if you think he's vague, <laughs> all right, go for it. Give us your story. Um, with the backdrop of the 2010 Soccer World Cup, a group of would-be terrorists fighting for a Basque separatist organization find out that the idea of being a patriot is more appealing than the reality. Good. I like that. Yeah, very good. Yeah. You pulled out words that I had to Google throughout the film. Just <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, I've gone. Four terrorists get together to plan an attack in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> and you called mine vague. <laughs> I wish I said something like yours. I, yeah, I, I knew I went too much. I, I started with that and had to beef it up. It's fast. It's quick. Yeah. Get on the thing. So we go around the table and anything that we've learnt or found out about this film while checking it out, MJ? This, this is really tough. And I know we've struggled with this in previous foreign language films that we do have a little bit of an issue finding information about it. Probably because our Google is set to the English word and, and there's probably a lot of articles, interviews and whatnot that we don't have access to or we can't read. Um, one thing I did find is that it was uh, nominated for three awards Yep. at the Feroz Awards in Spain, uh, nominated for Best Film Comedy, nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role with Javier Camara, who mm-hmm. played Martin, and Best Screenplay. Uh, didn't win any of those awards, but... Very good effort to be nominated and it kind of goes with the idea that I had that this was a very Spanish film. So much about this film 
relied on the knowledge of Spain and, and the neighboring areas and geography around it and just the way of life in Spain. I am a sports fan, but I still couldn't remember who won the World Cup in 2010. So that was obviously something that as soon as you watch this film, you're going to know, oh, Spain's going to win the World Cup in this film at some point. Yeah, I didn't even know that. So there's a lot of assumed knowledge there. Yeah. So I'm going to mash this up, but the original title is Fede Etaris. So that's bomb scare. It was literally a literal translation. Okay. So I'm comfortable with that. Comfortable yeah. with that. I guess the, the one of the big things that you need to think about with this film is, like MJ sort of touched on, there's a lot of stuff in it that is very, very Spanish. And if you don't have a historical understanding of the country, some of the things are going to be really tough yep. to get. Um, so they're fighting for this organization, the ATA, I guess is the, the main sort of thing. And I looked up a little bit and saw, you know, this group was founded in 1959, but it's actually dissolved since this film came out. Really? Yeah. So in that so two years, in the last two years, 2018, it dissolved this group. So this group no longer exists. Well, the way this film ended, <laughs> that's probably not a bad thing bad for thing, these guys. Yeah. <laughs> to dissolve. But, you know, after reading that, I didn't really want to go too much further and research anymore. Like, I probably needed to know this before I watched it because yeah. it's too daunting to, like, look all this up before you watch a film when you would just want to sit back and relax at times. I got to a point, and this might be, you know, eating into a bit what we're going to talk about later, but... I got to a point where there were so many um, discussions on organizations and places that I just thought, okay, this will kind of all make sense eventually. You know, I'll remember this word and I'll, I'll wait till it to come back and then I'll give me context. But it was just nonstop throwing out all these names and constantly throwing out all these names that I was just completely lost. And, and not lost in the plot. I could still figure out what was going on, but lost in the detail. Yep. And that made it really tricky. Yeah. I mean, very quickly, I hopped onto the goo. I had to, to look up a few things just to get my yeah. my head around it. And I guess when you're saying that the, the ETA is already dissolved, I think at the time of the movie, they were wanting to be a bit more proactive when there was talks of the ceasefire. So I think if that's the backdrop there, it, it kind of makes, makes a little sense. bit sense that maybe that's kind of, they've had the ceasefire and then I guess the ETA are no longer what they were. Yeah. And, and part of it for me too was that I was too scared to look up any of these things on my laptop. I'm like, my search history is going to be full of like all these terrorist organizations. What, what do they think? Dedication to well, the cause. I had a, a few searches that are bombing <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. So maybe I'm on the hit list now. That's very true. They're going to pick up three people living in close vicinity <laughs> to each other. Exactly. So uh, this debuted at um, a film festival in Spain, the Denise de San Sebastian Film Festival on the 29th of September, 2017. And then it went worldwide on Netflix on the 12th of October, except Spain, because it did have a limited release, release in yeah. December that year. So, yeah. So, I guess you, you'd, you'd want a theatrical release for this in Spain. Well, that's the thing. It yeah. felt like a very topical film in Spain, and it would have resonated a lot more with, with people in Spain. It's probably a chance to make a bit of money of it. And, and with nominated so, for some awards as well. So. Does this mean, like, I mean, trying to research a little bit more, is this a bit, like, on edge for a lot of the Spanish population? I guess, is it kind of a... A weird thing to talk about. If it's got a theatrical release in Spain, it'd just be interesting to see how they receive some of the... Because at the start, I was like, this is very anti-Spain. Like, yeah. that's that one my feeling. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, how does that resonate with a, a, a country who's obviously... They tried to show through this film very nationalistic and love, love their culture and their country. Do you think it's anti-Spain at the benefit of humour, though? That they were kind of... It was almost satirical how anti-Spain it was, that it was. It didn't feel like it was having a real crack at Spain. It almost felt like it was just a vehicle for humour. Yeah, I get that, but that dark sort of humour didn't really play for me. I'll, no. Yeah, we'll no, probably it, talk about that a bit it later. It wasn't I guess. good or bad. It was just 
yeah, yeah. tone. It's even, it's even more interesting now because I mean they they've got a lot of stuff about their Catalonia and Barcelona trying to you break know, away, get their independence. So uh, that was the first draws of similarity when I when I researched more and got about what they were trying to achieve. Yep. I, my mind just went straight to that. So I think the whole you know Spain with a, a bit of unrest on, on national like on a few fronts. It was just it's quite interesting to see how this film would have been um, received. What about some consensus? Yeah, um, middle of the road and very small sample size. Very, as well. very small. So you're the Rotten Tomatoes man. I refuse to look at it, but what was it? Oh, I don't love Rotten Tomatoes. No, but, no, but I, I, don't, I don't look at it on this podcast because I know you will. And then when you say it, I like to poke holes in it. Because I, I blatantly teach against Rotten Tomatoes because I hate it when you say, we're going to study this film and kids are like, ah, it's got like 15%. I don't want to watch it. I'm like, no, open your mind. Um, this, <laughs> this one did not have a critical consensus at all because it only had three reviews. Okay. They're all fresh. But no consensus, and the audience was at twenty percent, but only on sixteen. So IMDb sitting at five point six out of ten, and Letterbox at two point eight out of five. So exactly the same score, real middle of the road. But IMDb with two thousand two hundred ratings, and Letterbox with just over a thousand. Tiny. I mean, it's enough of a sample size to get an idea of whether people liked it or not. But very small in comparison, even to some of the films we've done. Yeah. Should we talk about our early thoughts on this? Get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, um, we've kind of already alluded to yeah, it. Yeah, all right. MJ, what do you think? Well, I really, I really battled my way through it. Um, there was actually a review on Letterboxd. Uh, shout out to Neil Studd. Hey, Neil. Follow us. And he says in his review, I hope you know your Spanish geography and Basque history because Bomb Scared sure thinks that you do. And that's exactly how I felt. There was so much stuff and I'm like, what are you talking? Oh, okay, I'm supposed to know this. Um... I also found, I don't know if you guys had this issue, they talked really fast and I found it hard to keep up with the subtitles. Am I just a slow reader? But I found like I was trying to, it was just like bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, I think I just missed a line there because they were just going way too quickly for me. It was well, heavy dialogue. Yeah, it was. Maybe that was it. My brain was getting tired because I normally have zero issues with subtitles. We've got plenty of subtitle stuff. Uh, and my final thought was humor was okay. I think there was funny moments in it. I thought the plot was a little bit ambitious but dull, and I thought the characters were likable enough. It was I had no issues with all those things. None of it jumped off the page for me, but they were all okay, which is not a nice word to hear <laughs> in any sort of film critique. But that's kind of where it sits. Uh, Simon, I kind of I, I thought it was interesting, quite fun. How was the backdrop of the the soccer world cup there? And MJ kind of said you either kind of know that they were going on to win it or not. But <laughs> I was. Did you guys know? Yep. So, so I knew, but mostly because they played the Netherlands. Uh, um, that one, so my family that was, was I think, we, I think we were. That was a big World yeah, Cup for us. <laughs> it was big, and then, but I think it's, when they're on the balcony in that scene, they say, "Oh, Spain never gets past the quarterfinals." I think it kind of. Uh, yeah, I think they made it. Like, hey, they if, always, if they get in the finals, we'll watch the game together. I'm like, well, I guess they're going to get in the final. <laughs> but um, I guess I, I quite usually enjoy the the whole dark comedy structure, and I thought a lot of the timing and the content of some of the jokes were, were quite humorous, but. I think what made it a little bit darker was in this like lazy way that they they were talking about them being like you know the terrorists and the thing that was going to do. So I guess the, the content of the movie like made it easy for them to make these dark jokes. And I think given some of the things and stuff that were planning as terrorists, kind of it, it made the jokes a little bit lazy sometimes, but also almost too dark. It was it was, <laughs> it was hard to, to to find the comedy. Did you laugh? 
I did laugh. Yeah. I've got a, f- a few scenes. I know you do one of those things. Where you <laughs> laugh, so I made sure. And that is with the, the, the fast subtitles. Every time I was writing, I laughed at that moment and I wrote it down. I'm like, oh, shit, I've a, few, <laughs> a few lines. But Should yeah. we also just say, we haven't really gone too deep yet, but there will be spoiler alerts. Sorry, there will be spoilers in this podcast. So if you haven't watched Bomb Scared, and there's a lot of you out there, so if you haven't watched it um, and you're planning on watching it, watch it before you listen to this, before we completely ruin the film. Yeah. What, what, uh, what did you think, mate? So, at the start, there was this, there's one bit in the, like the, the open, you just said we're going to spoil it. So, the opening yeah, bit is 12 years prior. And then on the screen came up the 12 Anios. And I was like, ah, oh, this is all, this is. <laughs> the exact same thing. I was like, this reminds me of seven Anios. I was like, Anios, I, I, know, I know, that. know that word. I'm like, so I've got one Spanish word down pat, it means years. You know um, what? For the first little bit, though, I was like, okay, this is 12 hours later. Because <laughs> I couldn't remember what Anios meant. Uh, uh, I thought it was well made, it was well acted, but without the cultural con- sorry cultural context like you guys have touched on, it was a struggle for me. Yeah, I felt, and you would be led to believe it could be twelve hours later because he didn't age very too much. <laughs> Neither did the bloke years. at the end either. I reckon he got younger. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's chat about some characters. Simo, give us a character that you you want to talk about. I reckon before we get oh, into yeah. let's, let's, the characters as a whole, I'm sorry, the four characters as a whole that, that all bunked up together, it's fair to say they all had really obvious issues fitting in or feeling like they belong to something. Yeah. Um, despite being committed to this cause that they're with, with their group um, and really going out on a limb to be part of it, it was really obvious that they're just like, something's missing, you know, and we don't quite fit in and nothing quite works. And then they all kind of came together. But I think that make that's like really obvious or makes, because when us watching it without the Spanish background, you want to try and grab onto something. So I think, yeah. and I'm probably the same. I was trying to grab onto them as characters yeah. and that's probably how you, we, or I watched this movie anyway, was through the characters rather than what was going yeah, around. Yeah, you kind of have to, don't you? Yeah. All right, Simo, give us a character. Let's talk about who do you want to talk about first? Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of grabbing onto characters, I thought Ponando was (laughs) was, was probably my favorite. I thought um, he seemed the most kind of off the rails, dangerous guy. And I think he was kind of key to what they were doing, especially given his trade um, skills came in quite handy for them to... Should we refer to him as Stallone, though? I'm happy to do that. (laughs) I think, and why I liked him, out of the moments that I did laugh, and there was a couple, I mean, he was usually the, the the man so I've got him down Com- comedic relief that's yeah. my one, one line for him <laughs> I actually I found him pretty funny yeah um, but I didn't it didn't quite sit well with me that a guy who was so single minded and uh, he was dumb it, there was there was moments where he was playing dumb yeah. when he answered the phone and it was someone offering them free calls and his reaction it was just outrageous. But that was the setup, like for the joke. <laughs> it was, but it was like for the character. It was like, um, are you sure you're the guy who can do all this handiwork, who can make bombs, who can do all this kind of stuff? Because I'm not seeing it right now. It, it reminded me of David Tennant from, if anyone knows, ah, from okay. Doctor Who. He's a Doctor Who guy. Um, yeah, anyway. He was... looked like Nikola Miritich. Anyone else get that? I couldn't get it out of my mind. <laughs> I, I have another NBA. Like... <laughs> Is it the same guy? No. Or... <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go Alex next. Because I reckon he, <laughs> you can't see this on the podcast, yeah, obviously, but it does look like. <laughs> well, I thought Alex looked like the Gasol brothers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes, I'm just a blend of the two. Yes. I was like, he looks like Mark and oh, Pau Gasol. Can, you can definitely see Pau in it. <laughs> so we might put some photos up basketball <laughs> on our page for anyone that does that. But Alex was just this guy that just wanted to get away. Really, like that's how I I read him. He seemed the most normal. 
Mm. Um, and it made me wonder why he was doing all this in the first place. Like, what was his motivation to be part of this? You know, Eddie. Well, I, I thought it was to get away because he's got this girlfriend that they speak of, and yeah. he's trying to get away from her and start afresh. Okay, that's, that's why he I got in the, in the first yeah. place. Potentially that's start with our other character. Why don't you just break up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Simon. Simon's like, let's talk about Martin. I'm guessing. Is that what we're saying? No, no. no. I was saying um, Alex. He had obvious interests in the group. That was yeah, but I mean, in the yeah. first place, how did he get? Because yeah, he yeah. would have met Anara. Anara, yeah. He would have met her after being there. I, I never quite understood why he was there. He just felt really normal, and I was like, "Why are you here, mate? You don't need to be here." I think it's the group dynamic. I guess they needed. Yeah, yeah, he was fine. And it worked, he, the he was group trying to get to Uruguay the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the group dynamic actually worked really well in in a real archetypal way. So you mentioned Anara. Yes, uh, I think she was just this nothing really. I loved it when she kind of got that cabin fever. Yep. It's like what she actually went through in this was quite a human response to everything. She got the cabin fever and went pretty crazy. Then she just wanted to leave. Mm. And I was like, well, that's kind of really understandable because clearly this mission's going nowhere. Yeah. Let's do something about it. And and that, I kind of like that about her. They needed someone there to be anxious the whole time too. Yeah. And she played that well. I loved it when I thought she, when she thought she found the microphone. <laughs> I was like, this is cool. Like, I didn't see this. Ah, oh, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else about Anara? No? All right, what about Martin? We probably should have spoken about Martin first. We left, yeah. we left the main character. Sorry, that's my fault. Yeah. No, 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 not at all. That's why I thought you are like, oh, we need to talk about Martin because he's obviously, um, you know, the one with the, the deep connection or history to why these guys are there, I guess. And I sort of liked the change that you saw mm. of him throughout the film. And it was obvious by the end that, he wanted to get out and live a normal life almost. He, yeah, I agree. He, you, yeah. Get, he, you get the feeling he'd never felt a sense of family or yeah. commu- even community. Like Ooh. the fact that that whole building complex seems so friendly and, you know, the lady next door giving him food and the bloke who wants to watch soccer with him and all mm. that kind of stuff. And it got to the point for him where that was worth killing for <laughs> to keep that. Yeah. And, uh, we can go later on about the ramifications of, well, or lack of ramifications about doing actually doing that. But I like Martin in the sense that he actually, and this is probably more on me, he kind of fooled me into thinking that he knew what he was doing um, when he talked about all his experience. And you kind of felt like, no, he's been here before. He knows what he's doing. Despite there was like obvious clues that he really wasn't that good. And the opening scene basically said that from the start. This guy's kind of... Just runs. Yeah, yeah, he runs and he's kind of got no idea. So I shouldn't have believed that, but it probably made me like him more that I did believe that. So um, mm. it goes both ways. Any other characters? Well, do you want to talk about Martin? I was just going to say about Martin, I think along the lines what you said, like I think he talked himself into you know the cause and he kept talking about the glory days and the quality of food they got and training. And I thought it was funny, but... On multiple times, they, they referenced and made a joke how he kind of wasn't even from the They're proper area. Out. So he, maybe, you know, by the end of the time, maybe he didn't feel that connection as much. But I only had one other character I thought yeah. was quite funny. And you called him um, the guy I got to watch. But Armando was... Yep. Um, I thought the first scene with him when he, he doorstopped the other two to talk about the... <laughs> um, Soccer. Well, it's football. Oh, well, he was talking about the, the neighbor, the neighbors. Oh, yeah. But I thought that scene was a bit weird, but everything else from that, I, th- I thought he was great. He was pretty funny. <laughs> he was so sad. 
just wanted some company. He just did, like these because guys. that's all he wanted. And that's where he really fit in with those guys. Mm. It was pretty funny when they came back from the final when they're all in their Spanish gear. Mm. <laughs> the, the big boss blokes just standing there. Like, where the hell have you been? <laughs> Jesse, have you just realized you've given me a glass to drink out of? This is a 2010 FIFA World Cup glass. Oh, wow. Didn't even... That wasn't deliberate? No, it wasn't at all, but that's a good pickup. That's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Coincidence. Yeah. So this director, um, Bora Kabiga, this is his fourth feature, and he's done lots of short film and TV and writing and directing. I've never heard of him before. Oscar nominated. For what? He's Oscar nominated for the best short film live action in 2007 for his film... Ramos Pocos. Okay. We need to add that to our letterboxed. Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated. Um, he directed a lot of, yeah, TV and shorts, but he's a pretty accomplished writer and director. I actually feel like more of a writer than a director, so. Hmm. What did you, what did you think about the, like, the actors in this film? Because this is the moment where I was like, where is Heath? <laughs> because <laughs> Martin... We haven't mentioned that Heath is not here today. Sorry, Heath is not here. <laughs> who's, who's Heath? Um... <laughs> Martin is like the chief accountant in Narcos. Oh, is he? <laughs> I was like, oh, he would have loved this. He would have been like, I like that guy. He was in Narcos. So, Simo, for your reference, every single time we find like a certain character that happened to be in Narcos, Heath just says how good his performance was in that film that we just watched. <laughs> you know, I really liked him in Narcos and I really like him in this as well. I didn't know that guy was in Narcos. Yeah, yeah. well, I thought that they were pretty, I couldn't cast, recast this. Were, it's no. hard to know because I don't know a lot of Spanish actors. Oh yeah, I would have wouldn't have mind seeing the Seven Años cast in this. Ooh. Yeah, they did a good job in Seven Años. Well, so. Maybe we could Blue Hill as recast. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. All right, let's talk about some scenes. Not your sharpest work there, Jesse. Simo, give us give us some what, scenes that stood out. What are your favourite scenes? I kind of I didn't have I had really short. Yeah, bits no, no, of no your favourite bits. One of my lines. Uh, if we want to go back to Amando, one of the one of the big times where I, I cracked up was when he he came over to ask if they would watch the World Cup with him. And saying, you promised. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, I guess I could return all the swag that I've bought. And then he looks for it. He's like, oh, no, I've thrown away the, the receipt. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, sob story. MJ, you talked about the phone call that um, Pernando picked up. I thought that was quite, quite funny. I? I thought it was quite funny. Um, and then another Armando scene with the, the flag just when they put it over the window yeah. and it dropped over and you just kind of Smiles. looked at it and you smiled. I thought that was very good. And you loved this guy. Yeah, yeah it was good. <laughs> and then um, eating the notes at the very start where he had to kind of digest the, the secret terrorist notes before they got caught. And he's like, I'm full. You shouldn't have fed like, me all the food before. <laughs> we literally just spoke about it. Dessert <laughs> that was that To was my good. point, like you always have room for dessert. It's like, a, it's like a separate stomach. No matter how full you are, you can always squeeze in some ice cream or something. What are some scenes that you like? Um, I, I did enjoy the Trivial Pursuit scene. Um, to yeah. me, that introduced a little bit more around Martin's somewhat irrational hate of Spain and him trying to justify all these ideas that they aren't facts because he doesn't think they're facts. I actually thought that was pretty funny, but at least I kind of understood more about him and more about what they were doing. Yeah, uh, That's when I Googled what Basque was or Basque, however you want to pronounce it. Yep. What is it? Like a little bit of land in between Spain, Spain and France, I believe. Because yep. I had no idea. And it was bothering me that they kept bringing it up. Bring it up, yeah. Uh, and the other scene that I did like is when they turned the soccer on and they said, turn it off because every time we watch it, they score a goal and then they turn it off and then a whole neighborhood starts cheering. <laughs> <laughs> it was really, really good timing. 
I'm, I'm along the same lines. I liked, I didn't mind like Martin's little rants that he had. So like you spoke about when they were playing the board games and you know, these things like where he's like, you know, the only thing the Americans gave us were chocolate and potatoes. <laughs> you know, they, they made Spain fat. No, no, he's basically oh, sorry, Spain. Spain, yeah, Spain, yeah, Spain, Spain sounds in America. Yeah, yeah. So Spain Blame is made well fat. Food, yeah. <laughs> and, um, There's no such thing as obesity without Spain. And then there was like another scene where, you know, they're all sitting at the, the dinner table and, um, they sort of have a go at him about, you know, you jumped out a window, you've done nothing. And then he like, just puts that gun on the table nicely. It's just like, I've got the power here. Just follow me sort of thing. Even so, to the point, the passive aggressiveness of like, oh, how about you put your gun down as well? Yeah. Oh, you don't have one? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't mind. That. I didn't mind the scene with him in the bathroom by himself too when um, Alex sort of confronts him and says, this phone number doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And like, the, they just stayed with him sort of realizing, oh, what's actually happening here? Because yeah, he, no he had no idea. It yeah. wasn't a case of him trying to hide something. No. Uh, I didn't mind like Panando when he goes down to see the malls downstairs the, the, the black couple and he's like oh come on I want two kilos of falafels and these guys are just obviously sick of all the racist crap they cop I just I was like oh. I'm really unsure whether to put that in my dislike I, scenes or not it's in my dislike <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think it's important in understanding obviously how Spanish people deal with foreigners sometimes yeah <laughs> it's because, pretty blunt yeah it? very blunt uh you mentioned that mic scene before. I didn't mind where um, and there is, yeah. you know, found this mic and it was just a doorstop or whatever it was or a peg. And um, last one I liked was where Martin actually just takes that SIM card out of the phone. He's making the decision. You know, he wants to get out. And then towards the end, you get that voiceover of him too telling us, you know, he's never felt so close to people like these people. So I just liked that little arc of his story, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Very, very true. All right. Tell me what you didn't like, Simo. Well, I thought the when Panado visited the Middle East, <laughs> I, it, it came around a little bit in reference when they um, were talking to Armando on the couch about them leaving. So I guess it was important, but I just it felt it felt awkward, and it took me a, a few seconds to realize what he was doing because I think when they referenced there was a like a an African family, and I'm like, oh, like it took me a while to understand what the joke they were playing on. Yep. Um, and then when it became quite evident, it felt a bit. Bit just dirty. a bit dirty, yeah, but yeah. Um, it was and, still a little bit funny though. <laughs> and then I guess another one that it felt weird, but maybe it's a little bit funny when they were talking about the nicknames, um, and they all should have nicknames and codes for their um, their kind of organization. And he said, "I want to be Air Jordan." I'm like, "Okay," and he's like, "Oh, no one's going to get it. It's flying through the air and exploding." Yeah, and I'm like, oh, "I don't know about that. Does Jordan explode?" That's <laughs> no, about the pump ups in the shoes, isn't it? They pop and they explode. No. Was it? I was just thinking no, huh. maybe maybe I missed that one. <laughs> I thought it was more like him flying through, through the, the air, air dunking. Yeah. And I'm like, oh I, I don't really don't really see it there. So <laughs> anyway, it was funny that he that was like his first port of call that I okay, what, what's the plan? We need nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I, I had that tentatively instead and then it went on and I'm like, ah, oh, don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> Which happened in a few seconds. MJ. Um the, the thing with me is I didn't dis- really dislike many scenes. Like I thought there was just this general sort of mediocrity throughout the film, but like, <laughs> and that's not negative. There wasn't any scenes particularly where I was like, this isn't working. The one, the one for me that did still stand out is when they got pulled over from the cops, um, how they, firstly, they all panicked. I'm assuming because they have dodgy IDs. Is that how you guys read that? Well, it's because Anira, whatever, whatever her name is, is oh, a has, a, has a, record, yeah. a record. Yeah. So if they get caught in the car with her, then they're all going to be in trouble. So then it didn't quite understand why they didn't get caught. Like, did the cops just not do a proper check or they just didn't care? Well, they only took Martin's ID, didn't they? No, they took all four. They yeah. took all four. Okay. And then I also didn't quite believe the turnaround in Anira 
because of that moment. I know he's like, quickly, let's run away. We'll go to Uruguay. Okay, but for her to just, after she'd gone through so much to want to get out of there, just to flip around like that, I needed a little bit more to believe it. Maybe she was recognizing that she's no not actually wanted. It's all been in her head, so she's okay yeah. to stay now. I, I kind of got it. I just, I think, I, I got it in theory more than I felt yeah, it. Yeah, than you felt um, it, yeah. So that, that whole scene kind of didn't really work for me, and I thought it was going to be quite a big scene, so it yep. didn't work. Yeah, I, I didn't like that scene for another reason because I never actually felt worried for them when they were in that car. Okay. When they got pulled over, I didn't feel the fear of them actually going to get caught. I just thought they were going to get moved along anyway, so that didn't work for me that way, but I've I got two other things. <clears throat> like We spoke a bit about the comedy. There's a lot of them, the scenes that I get why they were meant to be funny, but they just didn't land with me. Like So Martin staring at the microwave at the start, and I like I get that was meant to be funny, and it wasn't. And then when they go to buy the fireworks, I get like, oh, it's funny. They're buying bigger and bigger fireworks, and they want hundreds compared to the Most other. Most of them three. three yeah. We'll have 200. Yeah. yeah, and then like the flag being too big, like and rolling through the house. You quite get the whole flag thing. Like, why did it have to be that big? Because it's meant to be funny, but it's yeah, not. Okay. And the bomb in the bin would turn into a sparkler <laughs> bomb. I was like, yeah. what the hell were they expecting to happen? Yeah, they bought sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> and Martin was standing like really close anyway, so it's not like he thought that it was going to be a massive explosion or anything. Yeah, I got conf- when they got back and they're like, "Oh, you know, it was a, a good first try." I'm like, "Was that a test? Like, were they just seeing no. to go bigger?" And they're like, "Oh no, that was meant to be it. Like, <laughs> that was his way of being like, don't lose hope. We'll figure this out." The last thing that I had, just I've mentioned already, any mention of the history, the terrorist networks. And then there was like this comparison where Martin compares Zanara to Spain, like, and I was like, this just doesn't land for people. Oh, like that's Nora. right. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. Spain and yeah. that's why. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's, what's the movie trying to say? What, what are some themes in it? What, what are some ideas you've got? The key one for me that we've touched on a lot is, um, is the idea of belonging. Whereas yep. none of them, none of them had any sense of belonging, despite being in this organization that you would imagine from the outside is like the epitome of being part of something. And none of them had it until they had this ragtag team of idiots come together yep. and want to fight to be that normal functioning, not family, but yep. just members of society. Simo? I feel good that um, I've come onto the podcast and my f- I had belonging down too. So yes. I'm not, I'm On not, track. I'm not On too track. far off. Um, I feel good too. <laughs> but um, I thought that came through, especially when they were watching the, the soccer um, when they turned it off and you could hear the chants from the other people in the neighborhood and they're, they're chanting that soy espanol, soy espanol, which is like, I'm Spanish, I'm Spanish. And I think it kind of, it was a good reflection on their kind of trying to, to find their place in, in what they, you know, would consider their home potentially being taken away. But I guess everyone's saying I'm Spanish and they're feeling that potentially they don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit about, you know, just loyalty to, to some of the groups they were in and, and how they were going forward, I thought was came through a little bit. Yep. So the main thing that stood out to me was food. Food is being a part of their culture. Like everything was about the meat, the wine, the fish, the salami, the lady next door bringing the, the, balls. the balls in. Um, and that's obviously a big part of, you know, that belonging that you're talking about is if you share a meal with someone, you belong like you're together. And you often saw when they got that little bit of extra money, they spent that on a nice meal together. They did, didn't they? Yeah. Which was good. And this there are these flags everywhere you, you're constantly seeing this vision of those those flags so this you know patriotism and nationalism that these guys may not feel but it's a nice representation of what's going around them and how they feel and look, what, what what's happening around them is is half the reason why they made the decision to stay as well mm-hmm. despite as much as they talk about hating spain yeah spain's a thing that engulfed them 
And I really enjoyed actually those shots that I've had of the wide kind of apartment complex with all the, the Spanish flags being flown. I thought it was it was it was a quite good kind of representation. Yeah. Um, I thought the actual scene with the big flag was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then it was so, so big. <laughs> it was. It was huge. The, and it sort of comes to a little bit of faith as well. Like these guys believed in each other and they've got this belief in this thing that they're trying to do. And the, the bad guy, Artitextal, yeah, I don't even know how to say his name at the end. He made this comment like, no faith, there's nothing because you've got to have a cause sort of thing. And almost, soccer's almost, or football's almost a faith in itself for a lot of European nations as well. So, you know, even this, the character Simo likes that, you know, he's like, if you forget Armando. my name, Armando, if you forget my name, think of Maradona. It sounds like it. It just, <laughs> it doesn't even sound like yeah. I loved it when Fernando repeated it. It's like, what's his name? Armando. Think of Maradona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like believing in this cause and also like the classes in society was like, I didn't get the classes I'm talking about, but it was obviously evident if you knew what they were talking yeah. about. And I think at the, the last like World Cup game, they obviously were meant or forced to sit through it you would you would believe but they had the whole time to go back to their apartment and take the and gear off take the gear off but they still had it on so i thought that was kind of um showing that they're they're a little bit i guess getting converted they're, they're maybe, yeah. Yeah. and it set up the next joke <laughs> for the guy to be like what the which, which, <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny yeah. all right what did we take away from this film oh, like we've talked about yeah. it a lot but it was very, very Spanish, yep. and I think that's probably the one thing. If someone said, "Hey, I heard, I saw you watch Bomb Scared. What's your key takeaway?" I'd be like, "Bone up on your Spanish geography because uh, you might need to know it." And do about twenty hours of study to yeah. enjoy an hour and a half film, and that's it. And you can still enjoy aspects of it, but you lose a lot. <laughs> I worked really hard in this film, and you don't want to work that hard. Enough. No, I've got no with no context. There's no humor for me. Without that context, a lot of that humor wasn't there. Yeah, this 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 humor, like I, I, yeah. I still I, I get the jokes. And I thought they were kind of funny, but it, it just was missing the bones. Uh, sorry, missing the meat. I had the bones. I was missing the meat. No, I had the meat. Yeah, I think they said. Or Martin says quite early. He's you know most of what is going to be being a part of the ETA is waiting. And I thought it was interesting <laughs> to kind of get a, a movie about potentially the waiting for things to kind of happen. But um, I mean, it's a lot of waiting and not much. So. Um, there wasn't too much to take away, I guess. Do you think they ever wanted that phone call to come? I think they changed. Yeah, at the start they definitely yeah. did. So the idea of him missing eight calls or whatever, purely because they were just out and about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, IMDb. Did either of you use IMDb to look anyone up? Because I sure didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> nah, okay. All right. I, after, <laughs> it's funny because afterwards I did look at Martin. Because, you know, just in case, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Because he had a kind of face. I don't know. <laughs> I used but I, to... I missed the Narcos yeah. thing. I used the internet a bit early to kind of get my bearings, but not our IMDb. There was nothing oh, there. Yeah. All right. Got any questions you want to ask each other? Yeah, I do. Yes. I do. Ask, ask, ask. <laughs> um, what's next for these guys? Because, like, there has to be ramifications for killing that guy. And surely they don't just get like a clean cut from being in a terrorist group. It's like, you know, those four people, oh, they don't want to be in it anymore. Oh, cool. That's fine. Don't bother them. Like, let them go. I feel like that they explained that a little bit because they said they've only got this one connection, which obviously was this guy. Okay. And then he made a big deal about how hard and long it took him to get here. So he could have got lost anywhere along the way. Yeah. That's a stretch though. Like he seemed like a bit of a big papa in the group. And it's like, hey, where Artex go? Where his name is? It's like, oh, he went to go. Those four people in that safe house. Like someone knows. 
Yeah. It just felt too yeah, it felt good. Like all of a sudden, hey, we got out of this. Because yeah. they were talking about moving to Uruguay and not that they wanted to get out, but that's kind of like, that's the lengths they had to go to. And all of a sudden they killed one guy and they were just living a normal life. Yeah. I, at the start, it annoyed me that they've got this, this sort of SWAT team that come in and surround mm. them all. Martin gets out the window. Surely you've got a, that big an operation. There's someone waiting <laughs> That's outside. A great point. <laughs> that was the, the, like that annoyed me at the start. I'm like, come on, you've got all these guys with all these. Yeah, not the most nimble bloke ever. No, nah. he would have been fleet of foot getting out of there. <laughs> and I think they were up somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Surely there was a lot of stairs. <laughs> yeah. That's a great point. I know that just annoyed me at the start. Very different film if he gets caught. In fact, there is no. There film. is no. Film. <laughs> it would have actually been twelve hours later, and then it would have ended. <laughs> uh, the other thing, like. It was obviously anti-Spain. So I get if you've got this background. I didn't get, like, it would have been nice for me to get this line that was literally why we hate Spain so much. I was going to say. Just the, as an outsider. The film itself wasn't anti-Spain. No. Just, no, the, no. Character. just the character. I think the yeah. film was quite pro-Spain. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. That's why it took because me so it, long yeah. to figure out. I'm like, hang on, aren't you guys in Spain and Spanish and, like, you hate Sp- Oh, yeah. I think that comes with some of the yeah, knowledge. Because, yeah, I mean, based on my very basic research, it was almost that they, the bus was almost like an indigenous European um, kind of, you know, inhabiting the area. And then Spain potentially took it over. And took it over but so, that, I guess it's like a movie on the Ku Klux Klan where you don't tell everyone that they hate American people yep. it's just assumed that everyone knows that so, so. yeah and I guess yeah just if you say you're Netflix and you pick up a film like this with a worldwide audience just one line in there somewhere just to give some sort of background oh they took our land away from us yeah. okay bang I get why we're spending the next hour and a half with these characters who don't like it really good point yeah, yeah. it's almost they, they obviously did not consider this to be for an international audience yeah, yeah. I, I didn't have a question, but I had one thing that I noted down. That yes, was go, go, go. <laughs> so at the very start, when he gives him the gun, and he's like, but there's only three bullets, bullets yeah. use them wisely. And then I thought it was good at the end that he probably never used the gun, and he had the three, three bullets, bullets that he pumped into him. So I thought that was kind of cool. I was thinking that. I'm like, he's got one left, he's going to kill himself. That's, yeah. that's kind of what I thought. Was he's good. got the, those bullets in the chamber for 12 years. <laughs> Why don't they? <laughs> Maybe he's cleaned the gun a little bit. And 12, he's thinking 12 about hours, this moment. Sorry, 12, 12 hours. hours. Actually, do they, and also, do they just bury him in the apartment that, that they're building? building? Yeah. I think they were moving into that one too. <laughs> yeah, so at least Alex they can like, put up yeah. some um, air con- <laughs> like fresheners. Because I'm like, that body is going to stink. <laughs> <laughs> I did think about that too. I think they're, they're putting out the wall and maybe taking bit by bit out. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're good to finish this off. Like, yeah? yeah. All right, so we go around the table and we give a flicks form rating out of five and then we add these up to give an overall rating. So, Simo, you're going to get in on the, the flicks form um, overall rating. Yeah, Ooh. sounds good. So Part hit it, us yeah. off, give us your, your rating. Um, well, I, I did not enjoy the film. I think it was, it was what MJ said, a lot of scenes that weren't bad, but... It was hard to kind of really get into it too much. Um, but given that, I'm going middle of the road, 2.5. Good. All right. MJ? Yeah, I had a lot of trouble with it. Um, I couldn't quite keep track of it. And when I did, nothing really jumped off the page. It wasn't a bad film, but it was just an okay one. And too many okay moments don't amount to too much. 1.5 stars. Ooh. Okay. So I think I went into this film the wrong way. I... Um, I was frustrated and disillusioned that I didn't get any of the references um, or the historical lines. So maybe if I just focused on the characters, then I may have enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, so I am giving it a two out of five. I don't think that's 
on you necessarily. Yeah, I know, but like, just my enjoyment of the film. Yeah, like, I know. I, I, if I watched this again, I'd probably enjoy it more and I would ignore certain elements of it and yeah. just try to enjoy yeah. the, the black comedy. Or maybe I'd go and do a bit more reading and then watch it again. But it, uh, yeah. yeah. So, Either way, you've got to judge it on what's yeah. in front of you. Yeah. So I'm giving this, oh, as a team, we're giving this a two out of five. You are giving it a two. two. I'm two. giving it a two and we are a two. Very good. So we are on social media. We are at Flix Forum on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We, we chuck a question up each week. And this week, the question is, do you need some context to enjoy a foreign film like this? And I think we've answered that one ourselves. Like, like this? <laughs> like this. Because yes. I, didn't, I didn't want to put it as a broad foreign film. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to yeah. say everything. Like, that's why I've got like this. Okay. So get on there. And uh, there may be some people that get this. Like, didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah, didn't matter. Yeah. I do like the Simo gave a two and a half where... Heater, it's hard to get something that high out of Heater. <laughs> like, even a film he likes, he might scrape a three with it. So, All right, so uh, this is, we are continuing with Podmas. So tomorrow we've got another episode coming out, which is very, very exciting. I'm not sick of it yet, Jesse. So that's good. 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 Um, we might invite Timo back at some stage maybe too. We'll see how we go. Well, if you can watch a movie tonight. tonight are you free tomorrow? And then punch me out tomorrow. Well, I had a good time, fellas, so I'd love to, to punch that out. And get Don't commit now. Don't that. commit now. No, which, which, hang on. Which movie is yeah, So we're that? looking I, at I, the I, 2017 teen horror comedy. It's called The Babysitter. I've heard of this one. It's directed by McGee. It stars Samara Weaving, Judah Lewis, Hannah May Lee, Robbie Amell, and Bella Thorne. So reckon you can go home tonight and watch that? Oh, I'll be here. I am excited for this one. I have heard about this one. I know guys who have watched it and... I think this is going to break up the, the Podmas period nicely for us. Good. All right. Well, it's so early in Podmas. It is. <laughs> Christmas is coming. It's not far away. I, know, I do love Christmas. All right. Well, thanks for coming along, Simo. It's been good having you thanks, along. Thanks, mate. It's, it's been, been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. And good to see hey, you. Hey, should we... Simo also has his own podcast. Yes. So. Give it a shout out. Simo, what's oh, your well, podcast, if you, mate? If you guys are into to basketball... We We've have got a few basketball references today. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um, Nikola Miritich yeah. and everything. So the I Get Buckets podcast, um, we look at NBA and... Um, everything from an Australian slant. Where can we find slant. that? Anyway. It's on um, it's on Spotify. It's on Castbox. It's on iTunes. Good, all good podcasts. And we'll have to get um, you two to to help me out. And Happy to. Sounds on. good. I think I did one a couple of years ago with you, so I might. Uh, I the might. NBA season's um, I guess a little bit into the the time now, so it's I think it'll be really good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. See you then. Bye. Bye.